I'm Roger Baker, Executive Director of the Stratfor Center for Applied Geopolitics at RAIN, a global center of excellence for geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Learn how you can put geopolitics to work for your organization at rainnetwork.com. This is the Essential Geopolitics Podcast from RAIN. I'm Emily Donahue, and I thank you for listening. Nepal is a perfect geopolitical specimen. It is a small country landlocked between two regional powers. To its north is China, to its east is India, and Nepal's new government will struggle to maneuver between both countries. Ekta Raghuwanshi is here. She is RAIN's South Asia analyst. Ekta, welcome. I hope you can sort out what's going on with Nepal for us. Hello, Emily. Of course, I can help with that. So, Ekta, what is going on with Nepal? You you laid out a perfect premise for, for Nepal. It is a very small landlocked country. It's important geopolitically because these two neighbors are very much interested what happens politically in Nepal to exert their own influence in, in, the, in the small uh, buffer state that is between the two countries. Domestically, like many, many countries in the world, mostly the smaller countries in the world, Nepal has felt impacts of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, which has really, really pushed its economy towards contraction in the last two, three years. And then compounded by the impacts of the Russia-Ukraine crisis, like most of the world, like most of the smaller countries struggling uh, economically in the world, Nepal is also going through an economic crisis, uh, which is all, all your regular culprits. It has a very low foreign exchange reserves. It has high current account deficit. It has high inflation. All those problems which you definitely do not want uh, in in your in your country, so that's setting the economic premise of the country. Uh, Nepal is a very young democratic republic uh, in, in itself. It it just held its general elections on November twentieth. It was the second general election after its constitution was implemented in twenty fifteen. So it's it's a very young polity in itself. We have the election results of Nepal, which are not very promising. So no, no political party in Nepal could get a majority. And now what happens in Nepal is there this many different political parties with different ideologies trying to scramble, get support and form their own governments. There are many domestic challenges. As I talked about the economic challenges, any government that comes uh, now into Nepal has to deal with all these economic challenges, maybe austerity measures going into the next year and actually uncertainty about if their economy and how their economy will revive in 2023. So, Ekta, once this government is formed, let's talk about the nation's domestic and foreign policy going forward. Yes, uh, the most most important topic in, in Nepal's domestic as well as foreign policy is its sovereignty. As it is like struck between these two bigger nations, it always has to balance its interest with respect to China, which wants more and more investments in Nepal, and with respect to India also, which has traditionally been a very close partner of Nepal. But 
with increasing rivalry between these two giants in the region uh, like we see in sri lanka like we see in maldives nepal is also unfortunately uh, just stuck between these two nations and has to constantly maneuver and and fight for negotiate for its own interest which being a very small country for nepal it's usually very very difficult to do what happens now is uh, of course whatever government comes it has to as i said balance its interests but it also has to be very sure that it doesn't offend one for the other uh, because it affects uh, what kind of investments come into nepal this investments mostly are infrastructural investments we see build up of dams smaller and bigger nepal has a gift of multiple thousands of uh, small rivers which it can harness and and produce uh, huge amounts of power if 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 there is infrastructure and india and china both both want to get in on the hydropower electricity generation in nepal other than that just being a landlocked nation a network of railways a network of roads connecting it to maybe the coastal regions through either china or through india through bangladesh uh, these are very important strategic projects that is why maneuvering the foreign policy and maneuvering these two bigger nations is very important for nepal to get benefits of these two nations being together but also not to lose out on these critical investments so one last question ekta if you can just clarify for our listeners india and china are competing against each other in nepal yeah yeah more more uh, recently that's been the case in nepal it was initially assumed to be a closer uh, country or closer partner with india because of their traditional relationships because nepal also has a huge huge majority of hindu population and because of those similarities but china has been an economic giant in the region it has come in with its money it has come in with its economic expertise Nepal is also signatory to the Belt and Road Initiative that is a flagship Chinese program for extending its economic and political influence in the world. So these two countries are very much very much fighting for space into Nepal's politics as well as economic every other uh, sector that we can think of. And so Nepal is closer at this point to China than India. it depends once the government forms it will be very very difficult to ascertain because there is a mix of many communist parties in nepal but now we are seeing a slight tinge of of increased uh, rightism in nepal as in nationalism and that fervor in nepal 2023 i think will be a very interesting year to see how nepal given its different ideological political parties in the government how it goes ahead and deals with both a, a communist giant <laughs> to its north and a socialist democratic republic to its south southeast well thank you for that analysis ekta thank you ekta ragawashi is a geopolitical analyst with rain who focuses on south asia You can read her work in Rain Worldview, a risk intelligence app for professionals, and in our consumer publication, which offers objective geopolitical analysis and intelligence covering the global landscape. Find out more about Rain's industry-leading risk management tools and support, including Rain Worldview, at rainnetwork.com. That's R A N E network.com. I'm Emily Dunning. Thanks for listening.